0: You're now listening to a Binge Brain podcast, the show that teaches simple neuroscience-based strategies to ending binge eating, overeating, and emotional eating through the inside-out understanding of your habits. I'm Natalia, your host, and I'm here to help you create wellness without the obsession. Let's get started. Hello, hello, hello. Happy Thursday. In today's podcast episode, I'm going to answer a very, very controversial topic, which is Is food addiction real? I hope that you are going to listen to the end of the episode, even though I'm going to answer this question right away. And the answer is, yes, food addiction is real. But also, no, it isn't. (laughs) It just all depends on the definition of addiction. So if we are going to accept the definition that addiction is continuing to engage in some behavior that the negative consequences outweigh the positive consequences, then yes, eating highly processed foods would be considered food addiction. But this is very confusing, even this definition that uh, addiction is any behavior that a person finds relief in, therefore craves it in the short term, but in the long term it causes negative consequences because there are many behaviors that for a short period of time they give us pleasure, but in the long run they may cause negative consequences, right? Even maybe watching Netflix could become an addiction, watching porn, excessive compulsive gambling aka internet gambling disorder, also maybe compulsive shopping... So there are many problematic behaviors, and at this point of time, there is not really sufficient peer-reviewed evidence to establish the diagnostic criteria to identify these behaviors as mental health disorders. That's why we also don't have food addiction in a DSM. So as you can see, professionals who reviewed scientific evidence, people who created diagnostic tools... They are also confused. They also don't know what to do with their food addiction. There's new evidence still coming. I don't know if you knew, but before 2013, binge eating wasn't even in a DSM. And for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, uh, the DSM is the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of mental disorders. And DSA DSM, currently we are on a fifth edition, is used by health professionals, social workers, and forensic and legal specialists to diagnose and classify mental disorders. The fifth edition is slightly more advanced, and they created a category called substance related and addictive disorders. in this category, for the first time, they allowed the diagnosis of behavioral addictions like gambling disorder. But the funny thing is that besides DSM, there is also ICD. And currently we have the 11th re- revision of the ICD, which is International Classification of Diseases. So both DSM and ACD are are systems that identify and classify diseases. And DSM and ICD, they are slightly different. So if we would take a look at the 11th edition of ICD and International Classification of Disease, food addiction could meet probably the criteria for substance use disorder. And point I'm trying to make is that even people who have better skills in reviewing current scientific evidence, people whose job is to create re- reliable criteria for mental disorder, they still don't have the answer whether feeling addicted to food, whether it's a really food addiction. The question is, why so far we don't have the definite answer if processed uh, food addiction is real? Well, because it depends how we interpret uh, the data. One person may say that eating highly processed foods is uh, behavioral or even maybe substance dependence, substance um, addiction, but other person will say that it's just an adaptive response. It's a re- evolutionary programmed response most of our behavior, after all, it relies on the uh, reward system. So, craving highly processed foods, highly high calorie foods, it, it cannot be a brain disease because it is exactly what we were supposed to be doing to ensure our survival. So keep in mind that in today's episode, I'm going to share with you my personal opinion. Please don't take my words as objective truths. Do your own research, listen to both sides, and if you are still confused, welcome to the club. You are just like most of us. The important question is why your binge eating may feel like food addiction. Well, there are many reasons why people like you may feel addicted to sugar. For example, when they are not eating enough carbohydrates or just enough calories in general, uh, when they eat all the time foods that are very low in calorie density, when they are mentally restricting when they deprive themselves from satisfaction from eating, when they postpone eating, when their blood sugar is imbalanced and they experience frequent blood sugar lows. So our society propels ideas that we need to look a certain way, eat a certain way, so we restrict and deprive ourselves, which perpetuates addictive-like eating behavior. So if you are going to Add to this all other problems that our society faces, of course, we are going to feel addicted to many things because we want to get pleasure, escape pain, numb out, escape the reality, distress, we want to relax, etc. If you wouldn't misuse food, who knows, maybe you would feel addicted to something else. Nowadays, it's hard to find a person who doesn't rely on some external factor to fix their mood. So even if you choose the path of abstinence, you still will have to work on other areas of your life. Abstinence doesn't equal recovery. It's often not the drug that makes one an addict, but the drive to escape from the reality. And that's something I really, really need you to understand. Moreover, I would like to share with you a couple of other beliefs I have. For example, I believe that You can feel addicted to sugar and have addiction-like behaviors, but addiction-like behaviors doesn't equal addiction. And until we have consensus amongst scientific community, I personally prefer to reframe from calling this problematic behavior around food as food addiction. But I'm also not opposed to other people using that term. Also, I don't believe that highly processed foods is addictive per se. We are all already dependent on food and sugar because our body needs it. So at the same time, we can say that everyone is addicted to sugar and food. But then, by the definition, not for everyone, eating highly processed foods creates negative consequences. So whatever it has negative consequences... um. I think it depends not on sugar or food itself but also other factors. Therefore, I prefer to say that certain foods may possess addictive-like properties. So far, I don't think that there is like any component of food that is addictive per se. Exposure to ultra-processed foods doesn't inevitably lead to food addiction. There must be other there must be some other factors present for the addiction to develop. It might be biological factors like genes, low mood, hunger, feeling burnout, or maybe some psychological factors like isolation, feeling misunderstood, inability to express your feelings or needs. Uh, it may also be social surroundings, uh, what is common in the environment. Uh, whatever your friends and family have good eating habits and they based their diet on traditional foods or maybe you are a child of immigrants who have the base of their diet who had to base their diet on a convenience foods due to economical reasons so overall to sum up this this part of my uh, talk i believe that many factors can contribute to the increased risk of disordered eating and potentially sugar sugar or, or food addiction. However, what I need you to know is that the majority of people struggling with food, they struggle with food not because of the food itself, but because of their thoughts, feelings, circumstances. This is what needs to be addressed. So once their root problem is resolved, those people are helped and they might find out that they do not need to abstain from sugar and flour or other triggering foods. In every addiction, there are some confounding variables because we don't live in a vacuum. Also, other addictions have not only biological, but also socio-economical and psychological causes. There are people who can try the most addictive drugs just once and they are fine. They are not craving it later at all. But coming back to, to, you know, to feeling addicted to food. Interesting fact is that the scientific papers that show evidence for biological and behavioral sugar addiction in rats, the authors usually point out that under certain circumstances, rats can become sugar dependent. And I know that from my own... Experience in a laboratory because my master thesis was done on the rat, and the purpose of my study was to determine the effects of caloric restriction and stress on the rats in relation to food intake. And we had to follow the protocol to evoke binge eating in rats. And guess what? We needed to restrict their food intake we needed to intermittently uh, introduce them to a cafeteria diet so in our case that was Oreo and also Oreo cookies but also Nutella so we had a protocol to follow so in order to make um, our rats in our laboratory in order to make them binge on food first we had to make them deprived So that's really important because I don't think that there's a study that shows um, that rats can become sugar-dependent that weren't first deprived. Okay, so if your constant thoughts about food, compulsive eating, binge eating, overeating, maybe they are not strictly so-called food addiction. So, So what is it then? Well, in my opinion binge eating could be a maladaptive form of learning that is located in the primitive areas of your brain. Addiction is a habit. If you dig deeper into the science of reward system, you will see how this mechanism works and that it works all the time in all areas of your life. The same pleasure center that lights up uh, on the brain scans when you eat Oreo cookies also lights up when you listen to music, hug a friend, dance, etc. That's why it's so hard for me to accept that addiction is a disease. I'm not denying the suffering of all addicts' experience. I, I agree that um, addiction creates huge negative impact uh, in addicts' life. Addiction is a problem but at the same time addiction is a result of perfectly working reward system and that's great news because that means that you are not broken you are not sick you don't have a disease no need to harshly judge yourself your addictive behavior is a result of brain's plasticity electricity in your brain causes cravings and urges it's not a moral defect each person has a different brain but the mechanism stays the same some brains are more sensitive to a reward and some become desensitized because of repeated use maybe your reward system feels satisfied with a bar of chocolate but there are people who need 10 bars of chocolate to feel slightly satisfied why do you get less satisfied by larger amount of food well perhaps because dopamine receptors in your reward center has become desensitized you built up tolerance And the good news is that the same mechanism that created the habit that you call food addiction can be changed. Addictive-like adaptation of dopamine receptors in the reward system are reversible. Also, there isn't food in the world that would be as addictive as heroin or cocaine. So food addiction possibly is reversible and it's possible for people who call themselves food addicts to learn how to eat in moderation, if this is what they want. It's definitely not the solution for those who are happy and feel free on food addiction food programs. If something works for you, don't change it. And when we talk about labels like food addiction, food addict, etc., it's really important, what are your thoughts about addiction? I titled this podcast episode, Is Food Addiction Real?, The truth is that it doesn't matter. After all, it's a made-up concept. It is all made up. Who knows? Maybe our whole world is just a stimulation and we are a brain in a jar. (laughs) Who knows? I think that your beliefs about addiction are way more important than the scientific evidence pro or against it. So please ask yourself, what do you believe about food addiction. For you, is it a moral failing? Is it a character defect? Is it a failure of willpower? Is it a brain disease? Is it a symptom of some complicated underlying psychological problem? Then ask yourself, is my belief helpful? Does it help me achieve my goal? How do I feel when I believe that thought? How do I act when I believe that thought? If I would have to get up every morning, look in the mirror and say words like, God, I want to admit that I'm powerless over food and my life became unmanageable. Well, I would feel hopeless. I would feel defeated. I would have to admit to my deficiency. I would have to put my addiction in front of my mind. And that probably wouldn't be something that I need. So when you have those uh, limiting beliefs, you can do the work by Byron Katie. So let's say that you have a sentence in your mind, I'm addicted to food. Ask yourself four questions by Byron Katie. Is it true? Can you absolutely know that it's true? How do you react when you believe that thought? What would you be without this thought? On the other hand, if I have a thought that addiction is developmental learning process resulting from the normal functioning of the human brain, I may have totally different feelings and those feelings may drive different results. Because if you're going to remember the self-coaching model, our thoughts create our feelings and our feelings drive the actions and actions create the results in your life. So the first sentence we had, I'm addicted to food, it created the feelings of hopelessness, uh, feeling defeated, and this kind of uh, feelings, answer for yourself, how do they make you act? Probably uh, it acts as a self-fulfilling prophecy. However, when I believe that addiction is just a developmental learning process, well, that's creates totally different feelings and those feelings will drive different action. I'm going to believe that I can change because I can rewire my brain. To sum up this part of the episode, I want you to just remember that your thoughts really create your results. So be careful and choose wisely what kind of beliefs you want to hold about your eating problem. There is one more question I wanted to answer in today's podcast episode and it is why I'm not against food addiction and why, in a way, I support putting food addiction into the DSM. I'm pretty sure that they are not going to use the words food addiction because addiction, well, there's a lot of stigma uh, surrounding the word addiction. So I'm pretty sure that they would call it something like uh, ultra processed food use disorder or something like that. So uh, in a way, I do support this idea because I know that there are so many morbidly obese people on this planet. They are eating highly processed foods. They are not being able to control themselves to control their impulses to eat food, and for them, putting ultra-processed food use disorder into the diagnostic criteria and making it something legit, I believe that it would really help. Majority of our population is overfed. We are obese. We are overweight. And, not, and those people are not obese or overweight because of binge eating. I, I believe that most of them are just overeating a little bit every day. They are eating mindlessly. They are not eating nutrient-dense foods. Um, They eat foods that don't stimulate satiety hormones. So for these kind of people, having some kind of framework, it would be really, really helpful. Imagine that there's a person right now who weighs, let's say, 400 uh, pounds, and they are searching in Google whether food addiction is real. So there are two choices. Maybe they are going to click on a website, some kind of treatment center, and they will see that somebody says that, "Hey, food addiction is real. We can treat you. We can provide you with therapy and so on." And in this way in in that way that person can receive a real help they are looking for. But on the other scenario <laughs> when we are fighting against food addiction, maybe they're going to click on a link to somebody's uh, blog post. Let's say a blog post written by a privileged, slim, white woman. And she's going to write about intuitive eating. She's going to write in her, her blog that... Um, that uh, food addiction is not real, that we all should be eating intuitively. And in that way, that person may not receive uh, the help they really need. We have to remember that majority of the population is overfed. It's rather uh, smaller, uh, it's a rather minority of the population that struggles with uh, restrictive eating or binge eating. That's why, in a way, I believe that putting food addiction into the DSM could be helpful for some people. To sum up today's podcast episode, I want to one more time answer the question, is food addiction real? So in my opinion, it's a wrong question to ask. If I would die not knowing the answer to that question, I would be totally okay with it, Even though I speak with people who consider themselves food addicts every day, I believe that your beliefs about addiction are more important whether the addiction actually exists or not. And if you are totally unsatisfied with my question, I want to ask yourself, like, why is it so important for you? Isn't the diagnosis of eating disorder not good enough for you? Because we already have uh, diagnostic criteria for binge eating, uh, bulimia, anorexia, uh, other unspecified eating disorders, and so on. So isn't disorder eating or eating disorder, isn't like good enough for you? Do you really need to... Uh, get yourself a label of a food addict please remember that addictions in our society there's just too much stigma surrounding addictions so I would just (laughs) I would just run away from from that label I would prefer to be you know called a person with an with an eating disorder rather than a food addict. After all eating disorders, they at least sound a little bit more cute. They do sound a little bit more manageable. Because addiction, even if it's just food addiction, it sounds very serious. It sounds scary. It also sounds unchangeable. So I would be careful if I were you what kind of labels you want to use um, describing yourself. Thank you so much for listening to me today. I hope that you enjoyed today's podcast episode, even though it was a little bit chaotic. I would love to know your opinion. And I think that in the future, we may come back to the topic of food addiction, especially if my stance will crystallize a little bit more, or maybe I'm going to just switch my opinion. So who knows? I think that the topic of food addictions is still open and... I would love to hear what are your thoughts. Again, thank you so much and see you in my next episode. Bye. If you enjoyed today's podcast episode and you would like to stay in touch with me, make sure to follow Binge Pro Brain on Instagram. And if you are ready to take this material to the next level and apply what you've learned, then go ahead and submit your coaching application for my Binge Pro Brain coaching program. Thank you so much for joining me today and have a great day. Bye!